I asked all the questions in the group round table because no one else did, so, including the Italian dude who just sat there. How many polygons are actually <laughs> many in the toy itself? How many polygons? I wish to know. When you were designing the toy and it was made and it's a physical thing, how many polygons went into the development of the toy? So we had we had me and Z Gamer and some Italian dude in like a round table. And we're just sitting there and they at the end, like the Italian dude didn't ask anything. Then at the end, they went around, did one last question, and I asked like three because no one else was asking anything. Because journalist. Just, no, I like just felt bad because like no, no one else was doing anything. No, no, let's go with journalist. Alan because did journalist. one and then uh, they go to the Italian dude. It's just like, no question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a goon. I'm just like, what are you sitting in? Welcome to the Friendly Fire Podcast. This is episode 21. We're legal to drink. Finally. And we are already, so that's good. Um, Yeah. Ben, who who are you, Ben? Well, I think everyone knows by now who we are. <laughs> True. Ben and Steve here. Mamuggin, Stevavor. Yep. Rocking it out. Oh, man. We have segments again this week because it's not a special it's one. pretty exciting. I, I had to put my mind back and think of what we're doing. Let's, let's knock those out. Yep. We'll get into this quickly. Um, I have no idea what the secret sound was from last oh, we time. We didn't actually do one. Well, from the last, last time oh. then. Did we get any guesses? I think we did. Let me just chuck into the email very quickly. Realizing that I'm on my iPad. This is exciting airtime. It is, isn't it? Well, you're supposed to stall while I while I do this. Oh, well, um, the last person to win was Marge like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Jan four member Marge, and that was the GameCube sound, I believe. So anything since then is new. Nice. Oh, we got an email. The Friendly Firecast email box got an invitation to the uh, E3 media briefing. For what? Got an email. What, to Xbox? Yeah, like from Xbox. How did that possibly happen? I don't know. I really don't a, know. Because uh, a gay title of MMGN didn't get one directly. He had to like, ask for where is it. Well, maybe he can use that pass if he needs to. Well, he to. got one eventually. But... Oh, I remember now. The secret sound is this. I was so scared. I, I, I thought you left me. And to give you a heads up on what it is, or so you can guess... Put your mind back a couple months, a couple weeks ago. We were talking about games that had... I'm just going to give it away because I can't think of any other way to do it. Games that had been released ages ago but were now released in Australia. Yes. Not Mortal Kombat. Not Mortal Kombat. Not Mortal Kombat. Um, it's a little girl's voice. And she's talking about people potentially named Lee. I can't remember if that's in the quote or not. Are we discussing The Walking Dead? I do believe we are. Now on disc. Now on disc. Uh, and the winner, because it's the only thing I see here. Yes. And we're, that's a random pull of the hat, really. That is. I just fine. grabbed a random that's email. Is. What did they win, by the way? Uh, well, it's, it's Dave. for I'll email Dave. And he won, uh, it, I think. And I'll have to double check. Oh, it was that controller. It was the cool controller thing. And I believe a copy of Defiance on 360. And if it wasn't, I have a copy of Defiance on 360 that you can have. We'll get a whole box of them. Well, and we have a whole box of them. So there we go. I think that's the end of our prize bin, so you might have to offer a prize up for yep. this week. Anyway, oh, that's, we're not getting there yet. Dave, I will email you. Congratulations. You did very well. There was a number of people who did that answer correctly on the Facebooks. I believe on the Survivor comments. Probably on the MMGN comments. I didn't read them, but I probably... Well, keep trying. We have good prizes. You'll, you'll do good. 
yes. and things. We're rusty now with these new ones, these new old things. I think we should move right into our, our, our favorite segment called Let's What Have You Been Playing? Well, you've been playing more than me, clearly. I have been playing well, things that are not released. But some of them have embargoes that have lifted, and I wish to... Like, I wrote them all quiz, down. I wish to quiz you about many of these. Well, actually, Ooh. one specifically of these list okay. of things. So you just you take it away, man. Well, I was in uh, Santa Monica last week, or the week before. Man, Looking. that just reminded me of Savage Garden. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, there's some funny people in L.A., so in Santa Monica, I spent on, yeah, I, sp- I spent a lot of time just looking at people in LA, being like, "What's going on here?" Anyway, <laughs> you get to do that again in like a week. Yeah, Fantastic. downtown's a little bit different. Downtown is. Crazy. You know what I did notice about Santa Monica is the old people keep up with the fashions. Like here, people <laughs> kind of like get their fashion when like 26, and they just ride that out to the end. Yeah, Santa Monica is like 70 year old, just right up there with uh, their own fashion, admittedly, but kind of modern. True. But I did get to go see Call of Duty Dog or Ghosts, as Activision will tell you. Call of Duty Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog. Yeah. Um, so we saw that about a week before the announcement, and we saw pretty much a longer version of what was in the Xbox reveal. So a lot more dog. If you thought you got a lot of dog, we got a lot. Of, we got like the polygons in dog and dog tattoo, and all about dog. Like bestiality levels of dog. Well, we're getting there. Oh, okay. You know what they. Classy. They talked about the story and they mentioned how it's an emotional journey unlike anything ever done in a Call of Duty or an Infinity Ward game before. And it just spelled, we're stealing Spec Ops's idea and dog's gonna die. Either dog is gonna die near the end. Dog's definitely gonna die. Or at the die. end of the game you're going to die and the dog is gonna be there like licking your face whimpering. Cut and, to black. And then dog dies. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you watch after the credits, the uh, dog just kind of falls over. <laughs> like, like a cow being tipped, it just goes... You know, it's going to be like dog with two broken legs somehow pulls you to safety and then dies. Oh. oh. That is pretty emotional, actually. Yeah. So if they do that, anyway, they've got you, me hooked. What you didn't see in the Xbox reveal, which was kind of interesting, is... Well, not really. They pointed, <laughs> they pointed out... The differences between Modern Warfare 3 and uh, Ghosts in the reveal, but they gave us a much longer version of that. Okay. Showing how there's way more polygons and how they've finally perfected the actual circle. So the Germans are like super impressed. The Germans were very happy. I love the polygons. (laughs) If you're not aware of that reference, the Germans in any type of PAL region media junket just love the polygons. Not even in a PAL media junket. That's normally where we... In a global junket. Where we run into them is at these events. Well, they, they were asking about polygons at Battlefield 4, which yeah. is a completely worldwide event. They so love the polygons. They don't just save it for European stuff. Trust me. Let me tell you. Anyway, sorry. Perfect um, circles. Yes, yeah, so pretty much they spent like 20 minutes explaining how the aiming sight, the scope, is now perfectly round. And they like turned this thing called Sub-D, which stands for something I've forgotten. But it's been on PC for a while, and it pretty much just smooths the corners so it looks like a perfect circle, but still uses polygons. Cool. And they pretty much spent at least 10 minutes just turning it on and off, being like, this is what you've seen for years, and now, circle. I think I've said this before, but I honestly don't see. Like, at a certain point, graphics don't matter in a shooter, because you're too busy running around not getting shot at mm. to care about a perfect circle. Well, So I appreciate you know this, what? but I don't. I get the circle from the aiming scope. They also showed us the hair on a man's arms and the dirt under his fingernails, which you will see... Never. When you die from this frequently, well, this is an and you're just using medium. the kill cam to look at your body. But from this angle of holding gun to your face, <clears throat> which I'm sure you're familiar with from every single first-person shooter, yep. you don't see the arm here, you're seeing a hand, and you definitely don't see under the fingernails. 
Maybe if you get really, really close to... Oh, like, maybe like an arm up to the face to block off from fire or something. In Halo, I kind of like when we're waiting in elevators to go to the next... Like in co-op to go to the next bit. I look at the Master Chief and be like, Hey, you look like me, but you're my buddy. Cool, Chief. We just check each other out. Anyway... So you uh, could do that, I guess. But you won't. Generally, I think it was pretty good from a... Call of um, Duty point? I think they're doing Standpoint? enough to move it forward for the audience without being too risky and taking it to the next gen. I think they're going to do enough, but it's not going to be an amazing, new, crazy, revolutionary experience. But is that that's going to be the case for every single game, especially that's cross-platform. That's, yes. well, It I looks think. a bit prettier, but that's about it. I saw six games in total, and I think every one of them besides Skylanders was cross-gen. And Deadpool, which are old-gen. Yeah. Um... And that concerns me, because nothing is going to be truly next-gen launch, really. Well, and there's nothing in the the, con- the new consoles that is next-gen. Like, I get, like if you're trying to... Uh, what am I trying to say? The Xbox was a game console, and the Xbox 360 was, like, HD gaming. And, you know, like, Live was around in the Xbox days, but the Xbox 360 really, really was, you know, the onset of actual... Yeah. multiplayer and network play and stuff and it had things like achievements and, and trophies on there's nothing sharing you know streaming to twitch tv is not revolutionary it's not changing the face of gaming like we've seen in past jumps so i don't know if we should expect anything but well prettier looking games while i was embargoed for these games i wanted to write something so i wrote i'm concerned about this cross-gen kind of push that's going to happen and it happened for like six months with the original Xbox and the 360s delivered a crossover. Yeah. I think this could happen for like three or four years. Because well, the, Microsoft has said they're going to support the Xbox yeah. 360 for... And like Sony still supported the PS2 for how long? But the PS2 became a competitor to the Wii, so it became this big family thing. It wasn't the same games you got on PS3. True. I think this is like the jump from DVD to Blu-ray, not VHS to DVD, which would be the kind of PS2 to PS3. This is more... It is better, but I think the mainstream mass audience with A is not better enough. I'm happy with uh, my DVD or my PS3. I'll so stick with that. Does that mean that ultimately... So, like, I'm, 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 it's a good analogy, but it's also... I don't think it's a great analogy, like the DVD to Blu-ray, only because, like, you have source material for these DVDs and Blu-rays, and you either use a crappier version for the DVD or, like, a, a more... Or like, a, a more compressed version for the DVD and, and less compressed for a Blu-ray. In terms of, like, developing a game, you'd have to make a game on an engine that can support, you know, like, sliders turned down to nothing for an an old-gen game, and for the next-gen, you kind of just bump them up. Like, with cross-gen games, you'll have to develop them to be compatible with crappier systems, which, to me, would kind of mean that it's either going to be more work and more time and more money spent, or the games are not going to be of the best quality because you have to make that allowance? From a development point of view, that is a big problem. From a consumer point of view, I'm just talking the... This generation, there was this huge push to get the casual mainstream audience. I think, like, so Nintendo got the casual. I think Xbox and PlayStation, whether we realized, was pushing for this mainstream audience to play Call of Duty and FIFA and maybe nothing else. Yeah. That didn't really exist 10 years ago to the extent that it does now. Yeah. That audience, I think, is going to be the one who says, hey... Um, DVD or PS3, Xbox 360 looks good enough. I don't need to upgrade. If you're going to release Call of Duty on this, if you're going to release FIFA 14 on this, I don't need to upgrade. Okay, fair enough this year. 
what happens next year if Call of Duty Black Ops 3 and FIFA 15 get released on the old gen as well? They're not going to upgrade then either. Yeah. And these are the people that they really want to upgrade. Because we're going to. Well, then, we're not the big audience anymore. Well, I guess Microsoft and Sony don't have any control over what they release on. If, well, I guess to a certain point they do. If they stop supporting it. Well, I guess like Ignite is only next gen. So if that's going to power the future of EA Sports, wouldn't it be much harder to be releasing it cross gen for seven well, years? And that's, and that's the reason why, as an example, FIFA 14 is coming out on next gen consoles and NHL 14 is coming out on current gen consoles because yeah, it's too bad for me. Well, I think after the Wii U's very slow start, they may be a little bit hesitant to kind of push people to go to the next gen if they're not ready. Yeah, but I have a feeling we're going to see straight away that sales of these next gen consoles are going to be ridiculously higher than the Wii. I think yeah, I think initially it's like hardcore well. people alone. I just every other jump to a next generation I've been I've done or I've seen happen because I've never managed to do it myself. Yeah, it's kind of been a big deal, but this one I'm just kind of feeling that it isn't as grand as before. No, it's not. But I'm still I'm still excited about it. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll get to news. Mm. Like one of the games you've played. Yes. Yeah, so the games you actually want to talk about. We also got to see Bethesda, which is the Elder Scrolls Online, Wolfenstein: The New Order, and yeah. the one you really care about, The Evil Within. But uh, and Deadpool to a certain extent. Do you want to talk and about the Deadpool. other ones first? Yeah. Well, do you want to get like oh, can you? Which ones can you talk about? You can't talk about. Can't talk about Skylanders. Can talk about Deadpool. Um, we'll save that one and Evil Within. Yeah. What do you want to say about Elder Scrolls and Wolfenstein first? Not that I don't like those games, but I'm more interested in Deadpool. They're the only ones I've written about, actually. I haven't read about Deadpool. And I did read about uh, Elder Scrolls, which I read about today. Did you put that one up? Yes. Yes. I read about that one. Elder Scrolls, uh, we played 90 minutes, which is relatively long, but I soon learned that the US played like four hours a while ago. Of course. we kind of got skipped ahead to where where they would have gotten up to. Well, this was a US event. We're meant to go to Europe, but the head's just like, nah, let's go to America. Um, so this was kind of the second preview. We didn't do the first one. Yeah. Um, and pretty much it's Skyrim in an MMO. It's not quite the same quality in that it's not, the combat's not quite as good. It's a little bit more kind of toned down to work with the latency issue, which will happen from too many people on the server trying to attack each other. Yeah. Um, I played with other people for like one quest. Yeah. We helped each other because I was dying. The rest of the game I just played myself. The single player, well, I should say the story is all solo. So even if you're playing with your friends, you will have to do the main story yourself. You'll be the one hero. As far as every the environment's concerned, you're the one who saved the king, in my example, from um, being shot or something with an arrow or stabbed or whatever's going to happen. In the knee? Well, not to the knee because it's not Aww. quite... It's been designed to work on like a five-year-old laptop, so it's not quite the same uh, quality. So in like the knee region, <laughs> in okay. the in the leg, in the leg stump <laughs> on the person. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's really been pushed. The big problem I have is Skyrim was huge on consoles. How are they going to get those people to play on PC and play an MMO? That's what they want to do. Yeah, MMOs. Has any MMO really worked apart from? Okay, I guess well, there's, there's yeah. two I can think of. World of Warcraft, which is in decline, but still, like, with 8 million subscribers. And, like, something like World of Tanks, which is completely different and a different type of MMO experience. Like, I don't think Defiance is doing particularly well. No. DC Universe went free-to-play because it wasn't doing very well. Old Republic went free-to-play because of the same thing. Star Trek Online went free-to-play because of the same reason. Like, I just, I think people are becoming more like me in that you don't have a lot of time to dedicate 
exclusively just to one thing. So the appeal. The only isn't thing there. is the Elder Scrolls crowd has been like calling for this for ages. It'll be interesting to see if they actually keep with it, though. Yeah, I think it's not really an MMO in terms of you really have to be that invested. You could play it as a single player game, essentially. Okay. Just do the story. So it's going to tide you over until you get Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Um, there was no first person in the build we played, though. We had to play third person, which is not Elder Scrolls. Um, the whole thing is really the first person. I play as third person, though. Really? And Fallout as well. I don't know why. I, I like seeing my person. Well, you'd love this then. Oh, good. I mean, except really- I don't like MMOs, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I did not play as an MMO at all. I really just did my own thing, whatever. Um, also, Wolfenstein, we actually got hands-on, which was unexpected hands-on, because they had just been announced like a week or two earlier. That's And it was super hard, or it was supposed to be super hard. Yeah, so pretty much they'd only built... They haven't done the difficulties yet, but there will be five difficulties. The one we played was probably going to be the hardest or the second hardest. That's Ooh. all they had available. Fortunately, they showed us like the developer playing first. Like, it's maybe half an hour hands-on. Yeah. And he almost died. His health bar got down to three out of 100. Oh, jeez. Developer almost died. That's the, the most preview. embarrassing part if you're, like, especially at E3, yeah. if you die showing off something, yeah. like, oh. I only died maybe five times, and the three of those were at the very beginning. This kind of robo-cyborg dog, like, jumped out and attacked you, and if you didn't run to the I right... dogs. You had to run to the right point at the specific moment, and I just didn't know where I was going. Ah, so, okay. um, Fair just enough. got me three times. Then I figured it out. Trial by error. Pretty much. Cool. Um, it's very much a standard first-person shooter from gameplay perspective. I guess we're playing on PC next-gen specs, so... Cool. Um, yeah, it looked pretty good. It's all really about the whole how Nazis have changed the world. Had yep. the Nazis have won... Alternate universe. This is what they would have thought, and I think... Every cool game fun, right now is alternate universe. A lot of the fun's going to be from like, oh my god, the Nazis did that. So we got to see them invade the moon, for, or land on the moon, I should say, not invade. And, well, they probably, if they could invade the moon, <laughs> they would do it. They did that, like, straight away, straight after World War Two. No kind of wasting time for 69. No, no, they're get right there. Yeah. They like their polygons and efficiency, those They terms. took the Eiffel Tower, they have this crazy technology, which we didn't have explained to us yet. Ooh. How they have this... Crazy spec, all these mechs running around. The the antagonist was like this old woman, like this probably in her fifties. Hitler's mum. But with kind of the Aryan blonde hair, blue blue eyes. Oh, not Hitler's mum. She had a uh, a toy boy with her called Booby. That was his actual name. Booby. That was it. Was explained to me. I think that was Swedish. The uh, development team. I am going to try to look this up while you talk about it. What do you think it means? What do I think what means? Oh, I thought they explained what Booby meant in Sweden. Oh, no, that's Sweden. his name. Like, oh, B- it doesn't mean B- anything? B-U-B-I. B-U-B-I. Oh, that's not as funny as B-O-O-B-I-E. No, but it's still pronounced the same. Uh, so so does, it, does it mean something in Swedish? I have no idea. Uh, I got nothing. Anyway, don't worry about it. Well, it would be German anyway. Um, but I thought you said it was Swedish. The development team is Swedish. <gasps> but the game is... Uh, that'd be German. Because the whole Nazi thing. It means awesome, I admit it. Anyway, BJ from uh, Wolfenstein 3D. Blazkowski. Yeah, I almost, I almost typed BJ into Google Search to kind of get a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been... Then I realized... I hope you have just, your safe search turned on. No, I never have safe search turned on. You know, it's, it's way more fun if you don't. Because they have, they've taken the 992 like, 10 pixel model of his face and kind of turned that into a full 3D next gen and then aged him by 14 years after doing him. I'm I mean, totally going to try to Google this right now and hope that I... Uh... And it actually looks pretty similar besides the fact that he only had, like, no pixels in his face before. I've done a pretty good job. That's how they modeled him. 
I've Googled BJ Wolfenstein New Order, and hopefully I'm not going to see some penis. That's oh, it. that's really cool. He looks... Actually, he's, he's, good. he's older as well. His jaw is protruding a little bit too far out for my liking. Like, he's very square. Yeah. But it's, that's good. Bit of a, is that the... Is that the uh, we're looking at Google Images. It's really good. That is the, the woman. Is that I forget the, what her name is. antagonist? Yes. yes. That's not booby. But that's... Uh, that's not, of course uh, that's not booby. <laughs> that's her. Those are boobies. Google Image yes. Search. But well, that's not that what we're talking about. about. Okay, yeah, Tano's computer. He probably wouldn't have safe search turned on. That is true. I wouldn't have thought so. No, no, no. I wouldn't think so anyway. So, in general, a cool... I think it'll be quite sci-fi epic romp. No multiplayer because they're just focusing on the single player. Cool. Which I think is, Which is very good. good. I, I appreciate games that do that. I think it'll be like quite, Tomb Raider, yeah. Square, Take Note, but that's all right. We'll yes. Go. Um, it's a new developer. That this is their first game, but it's started up by people who worked on I forget the name. I think the Starbreeze Studios or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, who worked on the Darkness and Chronicles of something and that's so neat anyway yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. those are those are the ones yeah so cool. there is kind of you know heritage there they will do a pretty good job i think um and bethesda is normally pretty kind of on the ball when they pick who they're going to work with yeah and they only do like two games a year max they, and they've been yeah. pretty good quality games as well like dishonored i'm just getting into dishonored it's pretty yeah. darn good darn i said not the other word cool um now my now the games I get to ask you questions Woo. about. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about the evil within. So I was on the internet today, and I saw a preview of the evil within. Presumably, looking at the same hands-off yeah. session that type thing that you did. Definitely the exact same one. They it, would have been behind me because I was in the front row. It, it was about I'd say fifteen hundred words long on a twenty-minute preview. And the quote that I pulled from that preview by Steven Totillo of Kotaku was, this is the game that we should have gotten. Or this is, this is me paraphrasing. This is the game we should have gotten instead of Resident Evil 5. Because it's, it's by... Uh, uh, what's his name? Shinji. Shinji Mikami. Yeah. Who is the creator of the Resident Evil franchise. And then left, I think, after 4, if I do believe. Probably. Which would make sense things. with what Totillo said. Um so after 20 minutes, Totillo's saying that this, this should have been Resident Evil 5. This is the game that we missed out on because Shinji left. From what I saw, I would agree. But as we've... It's very hard to really... I'm not going to make that statement from a 20-minute demo. I, on that statement, I want to drop everything, get naked, run around screaming in excitement because I love Resident Evil and I want this to be an amazing game. But like, the pessimistic part of me knows better because I went to a preview for Star Trek last year at E3 and thought it was going to be the best game ever and it turned out to be the Star Trek game. Maybe we should do a podcast <laughs> one week on all the truth behind game previews. But it's, it's, You can't help... Well, that's not true. Depending on... If, if I listed some reviewers, I'm sure you and I could easily indicate whether or not we think their previews would be positive or negative. Like, as a writer, you will go into a, a game preview and you'll all you'll have a frame of mind that you'll already be in like I, I tend to look at previews as a positive thing and I think a lot of people like that I could name and I'm not going to though would walk in in a negative sense and they'll, they'll pick out all yeah. the flaws whereas I'll pick out all the good and like so either your preview is going to be either entirely positive how or many entirely negative, negative previews have you read I've written one on Young Justice have you read like even do you read read not not very many if I if I went and read some of Joby's stuff, I'm pretty sure I'd find some negative oh, yeah. previews, which are negative previews, which is fine. It's his thing. 
Well, I think the only negative preview not. I've ever written was on Young Justice because it was just so awful looking. The thing is that we're so controlled and it's normally such a small amount of time that it's hard to really be negative and back it up. Yeah. And when you do get a sneak, like four hours to play like we did for um, Bioshock. Bioshock and Remember Me, yeah. it's normally pretty solid. They don't going to give you that much time well, to... Well, we, we got the preview for Remember Me like a month and a half before release. So That's like, that it was game's meant, done. It was meant to be for print. Yeah. Um, no, which is fine. But like that game, when we play that game, it's done. So yeah. like all this stuff's going to be polished. It's fine. Like the only negative one I've done, Young Justice, was a year ago. It's coming out in a month. Like it just looked like a generic PlayStation 2 game. And it's like, it's just not enough. Like it wasn't even negative. It was just blase and black. Specifically for the Evil Within... Um, they did, I forget who I spoke to, someone from Bethesda said, because in the demonstration they had someone from the development team, it wasn't Shinji, he wasn't there, it was someone pretty high up, the creative director or someone playing. Yep. And so he's supposed, he's got a control in his hand, he's supposed to be playing, but we can't touch it because it's very, you have to do it perfectly in this build or else it won't work. No, oh, okay. I mean, so it is, play, the reason they've done that is because to get the um, best at E3, like badge on your game. Yeah. That's actually voted for like three weeks before E3. That was being voted for in the same hotel where we're at. Oh, that's event. all those judges. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I knew that. And for that, to be able to be considered for that category, your game has to be playable. And playable means like two seconds of you can walk forward. That's playable. The judges don't have to play, like base their judgments on what they've played. They just have to have input seen. on the They just have, have to works. be able to play it. So that is why it's playable in this state. It's not really the game at all. It's built to be judged for E3. So when you see the best that show you voted things, that is all the crop. That's like we've, yeah. Fair enough. Anyhow, we got to see two sections. We saw a horror-only element, which was... Yes! Seb, Detective Sebastian, someone. <laughs> um, Detective Sebastian S. Kennedy. I haven't written this preview yet, so I'm not totally on the ball. I've got a bunch of notes. Anyway, um, open my notes. Maybe I'll remember what happened. Pretty much, we went to um, pretty much like a mansion thing, walked in, creeped through the door. You immediately get split up from your posse because... So I'm totally seeing parallels to Resident Evil in this, by the way, but... Okay. Yeah, well, anyway, the first section was, no, you didn't have any weapons at all, and it yeah. was just horrors how the guy explained to us, which was an interesting interview because it was the first one I'd done with an interpreter. Yeah, you I still want to do that. I can't wait. Yeah, good times. And... Yeah, pretty much you're creeping, you somehow get caught, I've forgotten how you get caught, but you get captured, you're dangling, you kind of wake up dangling from a chain upside down, you have to swing to get a knife that's in some other corpse hanging upside down to cut yourself loose, then you're in a blade room, you kind of see a butcher ahead, like just hacking up something with a knife, and it's playing like elevator waiting music just to set the tone nicely. Nice! Okay, it does sound cool. Sneak around the corner, you've got no weapons because you've just had this happen to you, and this kind of... I wouldn't say an ogre, but something like some... It's not a human. Yeah. Uh, catches scent of you trying to escape and starts chasing you with a giant chainsaw. Um, and you have no weapon still, and you have to kind of evade him just sneaking around. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like you eventually jump into like a locker and you're kind of peering out and you have to like stay totally still or get trampled. And you have to kind of sneak around, look where he's going, trying to take the other exit, double back so you can get out. Eventually, you get a broken leg. Cool. Well, um, not so cool, you cool. are struggling to move at this point. And pretty much the only difference to gameplay was if you make a mistake, there's no saving yourself now because you can't move fast. Ooh. There's no chance of running away. You've got to do first time right. So it really is survival. Take the right path. Yes. 
Then we jumped ahead into the game and we saw um, gunplay pretty much, okay. which was Resident Evil 4 exactly. Um, it looked, at first, I thought you could move while you were shooting because that's how the guy was playing. Yeah. Then he did take a few steps backwards. So I guess you can move. Um, ammo looked relatively scarce, but eventually he had like 20 in reserve, which is pretty good decent. for a Resident Evil But this game. was fairly far into the game, I suspect. Um, and he did deploy kind of like shooting a guy in the leg, then setting him on fire oh, okay. yeah. instead of shooting him again because yeah, that would that be was the fastest way. Resident Evil, you shot him in the legs until they fell and just ran around their oh, you can body. Yeah. And like, no, which is good. Like that's, that's proper survival horror Kind of like mentality. you can tell guys are about to break into the windows to put a trip mine there and then wait for them all to come up and shoot it and... Nice. That way. So zombies are just like crazy looking um, Silent Hill kind of Well, dudes. one of them seemed to be a Silent Hill dude, like full of nails. Yeah. So oh, yeah. He was in, I think that was one of the things in the um, the live action trailer or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it pretty much ended with, after this uh, trip mine incident inside a building, he ran downstairs and all of a sudden the corridor kind of like flickered and it was longer than it looked. And wow. you run along and all of a sudden it's full of like crazy, you're going insane, what's happening? Is okay. this actually happening, or is this happening in your character's mind situation? I'm quite excited for this. Um, and, I, and I don't want to be as much, because I think it's going to let me down. Because yeah. I'm just going to hype it up too much myself. But, like, so positive from you? I thought it was very survival horror. Besides the 26 bullets in uh, reserve at one point, I thought it looked very... But if you, very get, if you get good at... Like, I can play Resident Evil 2 and have, like... 60 magnum rounds left for the end boss because I know how to do it and if, if it's the developer playing and you've played that so often like I think you'd get pretty good at that kind of thing so I, like I don't see that as po- like a potentially a negative but I guess that's me already making like I'm already giving allowances for this game and I haven't even seen it so yeah anyway <laughs> I think overall very positive from what we saw um, we saw two very different sections which is Good. I asked about if we're going to see these, like, are we going to have these horror moments where we can't really defend ourselves versus kind of more survival horror action. And they're going to mingle. It's hard to ask that type of question when you're asking to a translator who speaks some English to a guy who speaks no English. Yeah. And the response was, um, you, you can't just have action, you can't just have horror, because horror for an entire game would be too scary. And no, no, no that's ridiculous. Like, just horror, where you can't defend yourself for the entire game wouldn't work. You also need a break from the action, which instead of a break of... You have a little bit of a break where you kind of, like, what's around the corner. Yeah. Which is kind of horror because you're just freaking out about what's going to happen next. So, what they really need to do in, this, in the shooting sequences is provide tension. Yeah. No, not, not necessarily horror. Which, and hopefully they will. And it pretty much set the scene up for that. Then it ended with this whole kind of eternal darkness, sanity what's happening at the end. Because he walked down a corridor, it changed about three times, and it like was rushed with water, which didn't seem to really be there. Then he would reach for the door, and the door would move. And you'd walk into a room, and there was like someone lying on the ground, and it kind of ended there. Okay. So it really did leave us with, like, what just happened? Um, very positive, I think. Nice. It is next cross-gen at the end of next year, which led me which to believe weird. that cross-gen is going to continue for a while. Well, I will get it on my Xbox One. Me too, probably. Probably. Anyway, um, Deadpool. Also Deadpool. Uh, as funny as I hope it would be. Very. It was the first game I'd probably laughed at in a long time. It was pretty oh, funny. Oh, because you, you didn't play Tiny Tina's Assault on <clears throat> no. Dragon Keep, which is great. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we saw this separately. It was kind of like a, hey, you're in LA, come see this. Um, got to play about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. We did the classic hand the controller around and play a section each. The oh, only, nice. The only person to die was uh, Alan from NZ Gamer. So uh, Alan <laughs> called out, the named in Well, the Australian survived, the New Zealand that did not. He did play the hardest bit. Doesn't matter. Really. Oh, oh. Oh, then Job just did it. A straight likely through. excuse. Straight through. And then Job did it? Just oh. straight out. He knew what to do. Job is pretty good at video games, though. He's, um, he really does break the fourth wall with the whole Deadpool interacting with you constantly. Hilarious. Which is good. It's like, I would expect that from him, though. Like, Gameplay-wise, it looks pretty standard brawler, kind of just mash buttons to attack. you kind of got a few cool abilities, which I won't spoil, but... Cool. Um, yeah, I think it will be more about the kind of interaction with Deadpool and the gameplay itself. So quite fun. Quite, quite fun. enjoyable. I think for fans of Deadpool, fans of comics generally will like it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's good to see Activision go for something a little bit different as opposed to the... Activision has told me they're focusing their... Focusing? Focusing their... I forget what they said exactly, but something to do with focusing their branding and whatever. So they've <laughs> gone for, like, Call of Duty, Skylanders, Deadpool, and for some reason, Fast and Furious, which doesn't fit in with their no more rubbish license titles. Yeah. I haven't played it, but... Uh, I, just I, I have heard that no outlet got a copy of that because they didn't want outlets they to talk about how it was good. ahead of time that they would not be sending it out. Yeah. Anyway... That's cool. That's a thing. So that's everything. Cool. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. What have you been playing? Um, I have not been playing anything. Like like you, I've been playing preview things. So yes. I got to preview uh, a couple 2K titles. I got to play the iOS version of XCOM. And I think by the time this podcast comes out, the embargo is lifted. But I will just, like in case, just say that it literally plays like a console version of XCOM Enemy Unknown. But it's on an iPad, so that's really cool. Um, if I have nothing else to say about that, it's because of the embargo, so I'm just going to play it safe. <laughs> um, I, I did play that iOS version and try to do it really quickly. And in my true fashion with XCOM, killed every single person in my squad, which was a really good segue to playing XCOM Declassified, or rather, the Bureau XCOM, De- XCOM Declassified, um, which is the third... First person, now third person um, shooter, which is a prequel of sorts to the XCOM universe. I tell you what, when I hear first person, now third person, I think brilliant. Well, I, I, I like it as a third person shooter. So, uh, I just don't think you can have a game in development for like two years as a first person and be like, nope, we're going to change the name and the aspect ratio. But it's because you're thinking of just a shooter experience. And, yes. and the good thing about this game is that it's not a shooter. It is a shooter, obviously, but it's not. It's a, it's a shooter with classic XCOM strategy built in. So you're a party of three. It's almost easier to think of it like Mass Effect. So you hit B on your controller if you're playing on Xbox or on a PC, obviously not on PS3, but that's fine. Um, and you bring up a radio wheel where you have your actions down the bottom, your um, one of your squad mates on the left-hand side kind of quadrant and your other squad on the right-hand side, and you can assign actions and tasks, like put a turret there, concentrate fire on this guy, use your power on this thing. It's like biotic powers in Mass Effect. So you can chain them together. So I had one guy, um, I moved him into into position, and when you move people into position, you get the little kind of shield icons, like XCOM and Enemy Unknown pads. You can see how much cover they're actually going to get, which is just a a cool little neat thing. So I put people in positions, 
I got one guy to kind of lay down covering fire on an enemy. I got the other guy to put down a turret. As the commander, I had an ability called lift. So I could either grab an enemy and lift him in the air so it was easier to pick him off. So he was kind of like hovering in the air, really easy to hit. Or I could choose to use my lift ability on the turret, which raised it up, which did two things, I guess. It drew enemy fire to it, and it also had a turret in a really good position to shoot enemies because it was higher than the cover and it could kind of just shoot down on on people. So it was really good. Like all the all the it's it's nineteen sixties based. It's dealing with kind of the onset of the FBI and XCOM kind of rolled into one. Um and it's literally a prequel to the you know the rebooted XCOM enemy unknown world. So the maps and the atmosphere look like ripped right out of Enemy Unknown, which I love, but I'm awful at. And it's there's some strategy elements involved, obviously, with positioning and kind of controlling your team members, but there's also a shooter aspect to it. So if you're not so good at strategy, you can kind of get by as a shooter. Um, other XCOM elements are there, so if, you know, if someone dies in your party, they're dead. Like, you can name them and you can give them, you know, you can change their appearance and you can make, like, Corporal Ben Salter, and you know if he dies, then Ben is dead for the rest of the game. Oh, sorry, no. sorry, dude. Um, it was really, really enjoyable. Like I, I, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to play it as a first-person experience. I don't know if it was awful or not, but people seem to have this huge backlash against it. I love it. I think it's a, a nice addition to the Xbox, Xbox, XCOM um, franchise. And if you're not great at strategy games, which I'm not, um, it gives you a kind of another way to get into the universe, which I think is a good thing. So it might not appeal to everybody, but it appeals to, to some, which I'm, I think it appeals to a lot of people, to be honest. So that's going to be 2K's big game this year, right? I believe so, they, yes. Well, well the, the NBA. For the end of the year. NBA. Obviously, and, Bioshock is there. And so Bioshock now. The yeah. NBA, um, and WWE, 2K14, yes. etc. Yeah. So it, it was good. I really liked it. Um, and the other game I got to play was a piece of DLC. It was um, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. That's right. For Borderlands 2. For Borderlands 2. It's the last piece of DLC that they're offering. And I haven't really played Borderlands 2 that much. I played a lot of Borderlands. I really liked it. But I got to a point, I think, where I was underpowered and I got stuck in the dungeon and I just got slaughtered by the boss and I couldn't be bothered trying to get out of it. So, so I have a thousand game of score. Sorry? A thousand gamer score for Borderlands? No, goodness no. What do you? No, but just like that's your thing. Yeah, no, no, not a chance. Um, I I forgot how much I liked Borderlands because I was like, I connected Borderlands to frustration and, and being stuck in the place that I just happened to be in. I think I, I downloaded some DLC and got stuck in a dungeon where I was like super overpowered and just didn't have a save to kind of pull back. Um, Tiny Tina is a cool character. She's like this little spunky, rude little girl. Um, and the whole premise of Assault on Dragon Keep is that it's basically uh, a piss take on Dungeons and Dragons. So, it's after the main story content, and there's spoilers involved in that, but the Vault Hunters gather, and while they're waiting for something to happen, they all start playing a game of... What is it called? Oh no! It's not Dungeons. It's... Oh, it's bunkers and badasses. So it's it's literally a piss take on Dungeons and Dragons. Tiny Tina is the bunker master, which is like a dungeon master. And the cool thing about it is you can you get plopped into this Pandora world that is not Pandora. It's you know like it's the dungeon or bunker bunker master 
narrating the story. Like, oh, you take ten steps and find yourself in the forest of of awfulness and da 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 da. And the cool thing about it is, it looks like they've tweaked the lighting, so it looks really really pretty. And Tina starts off with, oh, you're in this horrible world that's really pretty, and all the the trees are bright green, and and the sky is clear and lovely, and like it's this idyllic, amazing kind of location. And then she goes, oh, I guess that's not that's not a good place to start this horrible story and then she redescribes it as this like dark dank musty forest and like around you as you're just kind of walking through the the level the trees get sucked into the ground and then like pop up like disgusting mangled trees and the sky goes dark and lightning starts flashing it's it's a really cool effect um and it's just like a joke a minute it's really really funny it'd be like Deadpool I haven't laughed in the game for ages and I just could not stop laughing I'm not even a Dungeons and Dragons fan but like it if you know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, you'll you'll get the humor of, of the content. So you were voted top geek, and I've and never you, played Dungeons and Dragons. Never played Dungeons and Dragons. Nope. And yes, <laughs> but it, like yeah. it was really really funny, like just awesome moments. And I feel like as much as I want to talk about it, I can't talk about it because I'll ruin all the jokes. And the jokes are really really good. So if you have any interest in, in Borderlands, you'll definitely want to pick it up. If you have any interest in Dungeons and Dragons, you should pick it up. I guess, provided you have access to Borderlands 2, because otherwise that's a pretty hefty price tag for just a little piece of content. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's pretty good. We should move on to the we news. We really in 43 minutes. Has it already? Jeez. Well, probably like 41 with a wasted time at the beginning. All right, well, we can do a condensed kind of news anyway. There's a lot of stuff, but it's all kind of, as you'd expect, grouped around the same kind of theme. Um, shall we call this the Xbox One rumor recap? The Xbox One. The X-Bone. I don't want to call it X-Bone. Well, it's too easy. I've heard the XO. Like, it's Gossip Girl. You know you love me. XO, XO, Xbox One. You know what? We had this huge debate on what we're going to call our Xbox One section. Because everything else is like PS3, Wii U. It'll make sense. Hmm. Is it going to be Xbox.mmgn or One.mmgn? Like, no way is it going to be One. No. The URL is going to be mmgn.com slash Xbox One, but it's not the brand of it. What about... I think it's just going to be Xbox. X, or Xbox number one? Like no, that's PS3? ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Because it's not the first. Oh, it's done. Because Xbox yeah. One doesn't next, play Xbox What about nextgenxbox.mmgn.com? <laughs> I think xbox.mmgn. John? John is uh, available, so I think we might use it. Well, I would hope it would be available. It should be It's available. your own website. That's if it wasn't exactly available, it. you can who's, make it available. Who's taking our subdomain? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um... So recapping some stuff, the pre-owned strategy is is here nor there nor it's nothing's confirmed. I don't even know where to begin with that. Ugh. Microsoft says don't worry about it yet. You know what? MCV is reporting that retailers might get a cut of pre-owned things. I think Microsoft put this stuff out there last week, in per, like purposely vaguely. So Aaron Greenberg is that his name? Yeah, from Xbox has come he out is, today. He has the longest title. You talk, and I'll try to find his title. Oh, he it's, works it's at ridiculous. Xbox. He came out today and uh, tweeted. That, hey, consumers, thanks for all your comments and feedback. We're going to take that on board with the Xbox One. One, he is the chief of staff for interactive entertainment business at Microsoft. And he said, quote, thanks to everyone for your comments and feedback. We are definitely listening. That's pretty much what I said. Yeah, pretty much. He is, I had it up, so I That's exactly it. Yeah. Pretty much what I, how I interpret that is you're pretty pissed off, consumers, Xbox fans. Don't worry. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to have always on connect. Point taken. 
Um, we're probably going to do something else with used games because Phil Harrison, is that his name? Something yeah. Like that. He's basically described now as like Sony's spy that works yeah. at Microsoft. Well, that basically just last week he definitely said, if you want to loan a game to your friend and you're there, you can play it in your game sag. If you want to let them keep it for a little while, they're going to have to pay full price. Full price. So in Australia, ninety nine ninety five for this game to play well, it. If you look at EB Games' website, it'd be actually $120. Well, that's conservative. Well, yeah. Woohoo! Hopefully. Yeah. Great. Um, So I think that they're going to take that back. That's a terrible idea. They should. Um, And, you know, like, we've already seen some clarification on stuff. So people were... I don't don't even understand this, for one. But people were freaked out that the Kinect is going to be always listening and always watching. And, oh, these horrible things are going to happen. It's going to start suggesting that if you moved into a new apartment, you should buy a couch from... From Meyer or something ridiculous. Like, that's Why not going to happen. Do that? I think, well, the jokes on the internet was like, oh my god, the Xbox going to watch me on the couch with my lady friends. Like, well, obviously they all said that because no girl gives a shit yeah. about Xbox One yet <sighs> on this level. It's all just like dudes True. sitting home in their basement going, oh my god, Microsoft, you suck. Yeah, but it's been confirmed now that you will be able to turn off that component of the X- of the Kinect a little bit on the funny. Xbox One. It's a little bit funny that I've come up with that now, like yeah. a week later. Well, I, I honestly think it was, uh, in this case, the pre-owned stuff, not in the same camp. But I think with the yeah. with the Kinect, it's a positive thing. It's meant to be the Kinect will have a little bit of power running through it, and so will the Xbox. If you want to get home and say Xbox on, it will turn on. It will be awake enough to realize that you've set it, and it will power up fully to do that. Like, they, that's a good feature. They never said that the camera would be on. And right. it really doesn't... Well, it only needs to be on to, for the facial to recognition. You. Yeah. Well, which would come on after you say Xbox yeah, One. Yeah, so it, needs, on to, anyway. it needs to have a bit of power to hear you say Xbox One, and then the whole thing will power up, and then it will see your face, and then it will do all the Xbox stuff. That's a good thing. The only concern is related to this that I really had was it's since come out that Microsoft has patented technology for Connect to like, recognize how many people are in the room and charge you per user to watch videos or TV. But that patent was like seven or eight months old now. And but patents don't necessarily mean that that's it functionality that you will see. doesn't, but it was pretty solid in how they explained it. And also it could transfer, not just to connect, it could work with your, essentially a webcam on a computer in the future with the same technology. Yeah. And well, there's patents, ways, patents always come there's out. There's easy like, ways to get around that. Start a thing, put a cloth over your connect well, when your friend's sitting on the couch. You know, if they really cared about it, it would be like, we can't see anyone, so content not available. If we can't see you there. Yeah. Like, it's not that... that surely Microsoft is not that stupid. I don't think they'll do it, but the fact that they thought about it is annoying. I'm not happy that yeah, they that even Yeah, that is it. true. But it's also kind of just a way to guard ideas. Like, a patent doesn't mean anything until it's in use. And That's we don't very, know... very true, but... I, the, the moral... I don't care who came up with this idea. I would hate it. They're awful. Yeah, that's true. A lot of this stuff will find out yes or no at E3. So... As awful as it is to, to sit on your hands for a week and a half. I don't think that will happen. It could be kind of funny if there was kind of like a Bogan family with like 10 children. Like, only one of you gets to watch TV at a time. Billy, Billy, Sue, Sally, <laughs> make get out of here. Great. Um, achievements for watching TV. Which I'm excited about because I yeah, like of achievements. Of course you are. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, do love watching TV. pretty much rewarded for watching TV via Xbox instead of through your illegal dirty torrents. Which, unfortunately, Australia doesn't get on day one. That's only yeah. now been confirmed for North America at launch, and other regions will get it launched well, it's just in a rolling pack. We don't have 
Um, yeah, I don't mind. I probably it kind of watch... cheapens the idea of cheapens. Well, I might move my Netflix to uh, Xbox because I've had to hack the system to get that anyway. I saw that article. Well, I had to I figure out how to do it, so I thought so I would. On you. Oh, well, Arrested Development is fantastic. So oh, there you go. Fair enough. Hella, I went to Hella's house, a friend of the show, to watch the first few episodes, <laughs> and it was the fact that he figured out how to do it so easily, I thought I can do this, and it's not that hard to get Netflix. Mm. If you want to go to MMGN, it's pretty simple. It's some DNS stuff, isn't it? Get Netflix. It's really easy. Um, and screw you, Quickflix and Foxtel, because... You're awful, yeah. We have Foxtel. You know what? I have Foxtel as well because for sport only, but for um, general content, Netflix isn't the god that people make it out to be. It's, it doesn't have the latest TV series. It's normally True. one season behind. Yeah. And it doesn't have, like, new release movies. It's, like, a few months behind. Yeah. But for eight bucks a month... That's still a pretty good library. It's hard to complain. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about is... Um, Microsoft also confirmed that there is a poss- it, it, it nothing's confirmed for launch, but there's the possibility of having one versus 100-esque programs available to Xbox One consumers. Yes. And Australians maybe don't know what that is because, unfortunately, like most things on the Xbox 360, one versus 100 was never available here. Um, but I was really excited by it. Do you know what the game no, show one versus 100 is? Vaguely. Okay, so it's like a game show where you have one person and they... Um, compete against the mob and if you get questions right you stay and if the mob get I, I can't quite remember how it works to be honest but something like that so it's like one literally versus a hundred and xbox had on the 360 for a good long while an actual live game show on the internet and you logged in at a specific point in time during the week and you either were selected as the one person and if you won you won like xbox uh microsoft points and things like that you actually won like proper rewards or you were in the mob um, and when I was home in Canada for a week, I, like my family hate playing Xbox and I, you know, I bought a Kinect there and I made them all try and they didn't care, but like they all were demanding we played one versus 100 every night of that week. It was so much fun. So like the, there was one live show and then there were like taped, they're not taped, but like pre-recorded questions. So like you could go on with your family and still compete, but like it wasn't for any prize or anything like that. Um, it was the coolest experience on the Xbox, I think I've had to date. Like, it was interactive, it was a quiz show, it was fun, it was engaging, it brought family in. Um, and it was just pushed out to the internet. And obviously, with the cloud technology and with Xbox One, you know, as they say it's going to be, they haven't ruled out the possibility of a similar type of experience. They haven't said if it's going to be one versus 100 or a different show. Um, they also haven't said if it's going to be US based again or North American based or global. But I hope, one, that it does happen. I hope, two, that it's 1 versus 100 again because it was just amazing. And I hope, three, that it's actually a global experience rather than just yet another thing that's pigeonholed to a specific region of the world. I only see one reason why it wouldn't have come out on Xbox 360, being that it's a TV show, right? And the game is based on the TV show. Or yeah. It's the same thing. Uh, they've had it. I think I've, I've seen 1 versus 100 in Australia. Like, it was on yeah. TV in Australia. But, like, that but would mean of it would be a different license to who owns the show in Australia yeah. compared to the US. And they probably looked at it and thought, uh, who can be bothered getting the Australian license as well? Yeah. It would probably be an easy phone call to make. Whoever owns it here would probably be like, cool, let's do it. But... Yeah, um, well, but, it's not on TV anymore. But Microsoft doesn't think outside of North America, and people like the people at Xbox Australia probably don't have enough authority to do anything about it, which well, is unfortunate. And it's just licensing is the worst. It's too hard to get things in Australia and the US. Yeah, they don't care about us. 
Very true. It's I, the, um, I think I have a hundred. No, the I think it would be two hundred gamer score then in one versus one hundred. I'm going to double check now. It's exactly the same Netflix problem. The reason it's not here is because the licensing is just too much work for the how many people will use it. Yeah. And it would be exactly the same with one versus one hundred because presumably someone in Australia owns it if there was a local version, and they would have to go through them to get the license for it. And then does Microsoft care that much? No. I officially have 200 gamer score, the maximum. Oh, is that the maximum? In I one versus 100. Because it's, it's an arcade game. Oh, I thought it was 250 for arcade games. Yeah, it's 400 now, but it was 200 at the time. Yeah, I already care. And it was discontinued in 2009. Anyway, that was cool. I really like that. Um, and I hope we get to see something like that, especially in Australia as well. Not are, we, just are we done with the Xbox One? Yes, we are, thankfully. And on to now, the next-gen Sony PlayStation oh, 4. Oh. Sony is actually releasing a console as well. Something just, happened, Just yeah. in case you didn't know. The first thing was, I saw a fake ad, and I thought it was yeah. real. I thought it was awesome. Oh, the PlayStation 4. Yeah. We also use your TV too, but for gaming. That was awesome. It was Sony, a fake ad, but it was so cool. Sony has actually got so much great PR from this Microsoft oh, debacle. Yes. They're going to come out in E3 and be like, use games work, no DRM. Well. We're not watching Well, well <laughs> I think they'll do that. Yeah. The, the, okay, let's let's go to that. Well, the, the the ads were basically just saying that the PlayStation Four will be confirmed as releasing in Europe, yeah. and we're taking that to mean Europe and other PAL-based regions, so Australia. Almost definitely, it's the yeah. same. It's the same. It happened with the PS3 products. as well. So like we got it at the same time as Europe. Um, six same, months later, yeah, it's the same product. If it's Europe, it's us as well. Yeah. So in 2013, so for holiday season, most likely. Yes. The other bit of news was that um, it was Jeff Keighley. Of, of Dorito Gate fame. How is on, he going? On his GTTV show. He still has a TV show. Yeah, which I, I forget what it's called. Bonus. Which I thought he was a Eurogamer. Bonus. He on, uh, on he's got a TV show. But he was on Eurogamer for Dorito Gate. Yes. And now he's on Game Trailers. Possibly. Is that GT? GTTV. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. What else would that be? Game Trailers TV. Um, he said he had sources that said that Sony has a DRM digital rights management uh, mm. system that is pretty close to Microsoft's. He wouldn't name who the sources were, but that's... Well, no, th- this, this, has been, this has been rumored for months and months and months, yeah. so it's, it's not hard to kind of... Unlike Microsoft's kind of backpedaling, jumbling PR responses, Sony said three months ago, we'll tell you at E3, we're not saying anything more now. Yeah. So we don't really know. Which, unlike Microsoft fans, Sony fans like, lost their mind and, like, um, went straight to Twitter and made a hashtag. What was it? PS4, no DRM, which led to... Well, I would Taz. say Microsoft fans are pretty pissed off as well. But they haven't, like, rallied together in any sort of organized... They're just pissed off. ...structure. Like, the Sony fans made a, made a hashtag, and they all, like, smashed the so hashtag. So the Sony Microsoft fans are trying fans to do something. The Xbox, yeah, the Xbox yeah. fans are just angry. Well, my, my favorite tweet on the hashtag PS4 no DRM was the fake account for Kaz Hirai, how do you yeah, say it, so which said, we've heard your feedback and we promise there will not be a Dr. Mario game on PlayStation 4, <laughs> which I thought was the best. Anyway. Should we explain why people don't want DRM on PlayStation 4 or Xbox or, or ever? Yeah. Please do. Oh, well, first, well, there are just so many issues with it, but... I think on consoles is less of a problem than it has been on um, PC. Yeah. So I don't know why people are so up in arms because you're going to buy the game anyway. Yeah. Presumably. We're, we're going to switch to a, a Steam model on consoles. Yeah. Essentially. Well, the real problem is if you buy new games all the time, this doesn't affect you at all, so don't worry. 
If you're yes. selling games, buying news games, trying to rent games, big problem because DRM is restricting how many people can access this game. Probably to one. To one, or in 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 the best or, case scenario with with Microsoft's model, a group of people who somehow can prove that they reside at the same residence who will share. Yeah, licensing somehow. So it's pretty much in Microsoft's example so far. If you loan a game to your friend, they're going to have to pay full price to use it because Microsoft has pretty much said the disc is free, the content on it is what you're paying for. Yeah, uh, which is news to yeah, us. The disc is useless. <laughs> like, like, so like can, in PC, like in PC games now, the disc is really just a tool to deliver the content. That is to exactly you. what you they install said. it and you throw the disc away. So you, like you may you may walk into EB Games and pick up a PC game and just walk out because that is free and buy it on Steam and that's fine. You paid for the license. Yeah, that is pretty much what they're saying. Don't worry about EB security dude being angry with that. You've paid for the game. The <laughs> disc you're is a free. You're giving them a shelf space. Uh, so people are, yeah, if you plan on selling or buying secondhand games or even just loading them against friends, we talked about this last week, the kids really who focus on that, uh, you should be really angry about this because it is a problem for you. Yeah. If you only buy new games, you never sell them, you never use used games, you don't really care about your friends, they should buy their own damn games, it doesn't matter. Pretty much. I, I wonder how it's going to affect us in terms of review copies. Well, it shouldn't really make any difference. Well, yeah... I don't like. Will we even get a disc in the mail, or will we just get a code? Yeah, mate. Well, well, we do kind of swap games between well, us. Well, that's the thing. We do that as well. So, we'll, and and will you get maybe two or three codes for review, like one game with a couple codes? Something our listeners might not might not be aware of is that we often get discs for review whenever we need a code. As in, with Nintendo recently with the eShop, they've been pushing that more. Yeah, they actually find it much harder to get codes than they do to get the physical copy of the game. Yeah. It's much like you ask for a code and they say we don't have any, but if you ask for a disc copy, they normally have plenty. I, I guess it's easier for them to keep track of physical media than it is to well, keep track of codes. I like, have you given this code to Steve or, or to Ben? Well, and, I have uh, had a or code one before like, that someone away. else has used. As have I. But they, I can't believe it's so hard for them just to get more code. If they run out to be like, oh, we're out, just, just get generate some more. them or something. Yeah. It's, they, apparently, that's they impossible, can. apparently. In- so that's not really a problem for anyone listening, probably. Maybe right. a small amount of our peers. True. God, we're elitists. I love, I love it. <laughs> um, speaking of eShop things, um, new games popped up on Nintendo's eShop today that maybe you would like to speak of. Well, they're popping up on... Or soon, anyway. On Friday, the 31st, I believe it's Friday. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be pretty much oh, it'll tomorrow be t- or the date of... <laughs> it'll be today or, yes- today, or, today or yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which are two very different games I've been informed. They're not like the Pokemon games where it's the same thing. They're very different games. Two games developed by Capcom. They were developed by Capcom, but when Nintendo, when Nintendo licensed out a game to a third or second party, they are right there watching you the whole time. Yeah. So Nintendo was That was involved. when that gold seal of Nintendo quality meant something, not like the Wii days of shovelware. It's, it's the same situation when people thought Rare owned Donkey Kong because they <laughs> developed it, and people still think they're just like idiots. Nope. Nintendo has a very big kind of influence in those games. Yeah. Anyway, they're coming out on the eShop, which was a big deal if you're a Zelda fan, for $6.50 in Australia, or eight fifty in New Zealand, from May 31 until June 20. 
Well, look at that. Don't buy it until June 21. You're going to have to pay $7.80 for each game. So you should buy it now? So you should buy it early. Um, I asked which one you should play first, and the response was, doesn't matter, but Seasons is the one people normally start with. Okay. That is from a pretty big Nintendo fanboy. A pretty big one? Named, Give him a shout out. Named Blob on the Nintendo forum. Named Blob. So I will believe him. Um, so it's pretty much 13 bucks for two great games. I haven't played, this is the only Zelda games I haven't played, so I will be getting those. I don't know if I will just because I have no time. Yeah. Like ever, basically. Well, I'm, pr- I'm a pretty big Nintendo fan, so, uh, Zelda fan, so I will... Okay, I have played play one them. Zelda game, so I feel like I've played all of the Zelda games. You know what, you don't need to play them then. Yeah, so there we go. But I, I'm excited for you guys, and, yes. and the fact that you can do that. If you're a Zelda fan, the 3DS eShop is coming along much better than the Wii U one. Yep. Although we should say, at least you can get your Wii U, your Wii games on Wii U version console. Yeah. You're not going to do that on Xbox One, or PS4 probably. That is true, and weird. So it looks much better. We complained about it a few podcasts ago, back when Leo was we still... Can, you can get like yeah. six games, right? Oh no, because there's yeah. the... Yeah. Well... Let's you can't get them yet, but you would be able to pay two bucks to get In them there. In theory, you'll be able to eventually. Um, let's finish out with some E3 stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you were able to see here in Australia. If you can't make it to E3, like we are going, you're not. What <laughs> an elitist, elitist trick. <laughs> just talking about that. You're like, hey, you know it's a trade show, right? You just can't walk in. Yeah, well, we can. <laughs> we can because we spent a lot of money to go in. That is true. Um, so you, you'll be able to watch the Nintendo Direct um, on the internet via. Oh, I'm going site. to the Nintendo booth. You're I'm not. Now who's the elite? I get to sleep. That's <laughs> um, not true, actually, because the Nintendo Direct is seven in the morning, and you're going at like nine or something. Yeah. So pretty yeah, much, Nintendo never. is doing their event to the public um, via Nintendo Direct. It's pretty smart because what they've been doing for. So technically, I could release news. Before you, because I'll see it first. I'm not really sure about that, because Nintendo's doing two <laughs> events Oh, that's right. That is right. They're doing a 3DS one where they're going to announce the fourth Monster Hunter and the fifth Professor... No, not Professor Layton. Phoenix... Fifth Ace, Ace Attorney. Ace Phoenix Attorney. Wright Ace Phoenix Attorney Dual Attorney. Destinies. Yes. Whoa, worst name ever. Um, Man, there's like a colon and a hyphen in there. It's like, <laughs> whoa, jeez. And then they're doing the Wii U one, which they're doing a new Mario game, a new Mario Kart, and more info on the Smash Bros. for Wii U. Yeah. So if you go to if you go to MMJN or Survivor, I'd assume you can get the link to the Nintendo Direct this week. It happens on Friday the 31st of May. It's yeah. in Japanese, so just be warned. I think there will be a European version soon. Yeah. Well, the, the Japanese one live on the 31st uh, is at least at a decent time for us. It's at 9 o'clock uh, p.m., yeah. Rather than like midnight, which is, a which Friday, is better. Though. Well, it's better than midnight on a Friday. That's true. Um, and the Nintendo Direct is Tuesday morning at for the Wii seven U. for the Wii U Los Angeles time, which would uh, be sometime uh, Wednesday. Our American time converter just walked out. He normally just knows. Oh, I don't know that stuff. Um, additionally, you'll be able to stream um, Sony's press conference and Microsoft press, press conf- Microsoft's press conference by a normal means, but Sony came out today and said that you'll be able to watch the conference on your Vita They, they also said, yeah, somehow. Somewhere, when, somewhere, somehow. It's in two weeks, but we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Just turn on your Vita and magic it will pop up. It'll be great. Um, the response on our comments was, why would you do that? Pretty much just everyone. I might take my Vita to the hotel and connect it via Wi-Fi and have the Vita playing the conference so I can use my laptop to cover the news. Considering, But I don't Sony, think a lot of people are in that same boat. Sony is at 11 a.m.? 
True. Moment and city time. I think people will be at work or school. Um, it's and probably easier have a to Wi-Fi sleep. connection or a 3G connection if you do want to trust. You will have at work probably the internet. Yeah, just full-on internet. It'll be much easier to sneak Vita watch than to sneak full-screen PC watch. Oh, that is true, actually. You can just have kind of the Vita under your desk, keep it there, kind of perched on your lap for whenever you hear. People something will good. think you're watching porn if well, you do that, though. But it doesn't really matter. It is a viable option. Or, I mean, if your boss is cool, just have it next to your PC. Because if you have it up on your screen, it looks like you're not working. If you have it next to your screen on a different It's like screen, having the radio on. Yeah, it's like, what's the difference? Um, other things, Square Enix has announced they're doing a, a variety of uh, E3 streaming shows. Yeah, didn't really but they haven't announced a schedule yet. So I ignored that because, like, what's the point in telling me? I put it up, watch this space. But Well, like, tell me when you've got something to announce. That was a pre-preview. I would have preferred that as well. Um, and Konami has also... Konami's uh, doing its annual event. I feel like four in a row. Yeah. Konami's are pretty good. I like their events. They're pretty a, a pre-E3 show, which is a little bit later than usual, though, because this one's happening on the 7th of June, which is when I'm actually on a plane to go to Los Angeles. That's a Friday. You're going to leave on a Friday. Oh, is it on a Friday? I thought that was Saturday. Yeah, well, I'm leaving on the 9th, which is I'm leaving on Saturday, so okay, I'm here for that. It's What time is that at? 7 June at a time that I had up on the screen and I have now gotten rid of. So this is me trying to talk around the fact that yes. I have messed up. Well, I'm going to jump back to the Nintendo event. Please do. They are having the two, three, uh, two Nintendo Directs before E3, then one during E3. I'm not entirely sure what they're going to show up there, considering they're going to have had two beforehand. Um, the uh, Konami pre-E3 show, unfortunately, is at 3 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on the 7th of June. You will not have live coverage of that on so, MGN. So, yes. <laughs> you will not go to Survivor on the morning go of 7th on the, June go after on the next we day. go and look at that and then report about it <laughs> in the morning. I think, is that, so that is, that is literally the Saturday that I'm leaving. The 7th of June's a Friday. Is it Friday or is it Saturday? No, I'm leaving on the 9th, which is a Sunday. Oh, okay. Well then, I guess Survivor will, Survivor will have coverage because Steve I'll do it. Survivor. on. Uh, I'll do that on Saturday, or Friday, and then Saturday... Well, not that we report on the weekend anyway. Closed. Closed okay. for shop. We'll be going to yeah. Los Angeles. It has to be pretty big news for the weekend. Yep. So it'll be like Lords of Shadow 2, The Phantom Pain, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, um, The Phantom Pain. What's that game called? Yabi. Yabi? Is that announced? Can we tell that's us, actually, That's actually not Konami. It's, uh, oh, that's uh, Tecmo Koei. Yeah. yeah. Well, the same, same thing. In Australia, In it's Australia, the same In Australia, it's thing. distributed by the same company. Organization, organization company? Yeah. What's it called? It is called Yabi Ninja Gaiden Z, or Z if you're American. So, can we, I think we can tell the story. When, tell when, the story. when the contact from Mindscape, who distribute Tecmo Koei and, and Konami games, was booking appointments with the City 3, he was saying Yabi. Mm. And we had no idea what that well, meant. Well, I tried to Google it, but it's pretty hard to figure out how that's spelled. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I think we both kind of went on the, the tact of, oh, yes, I totally know what you are saying, and I'm going to just pretend that that is a thing that I am aware of. We got, had an email today that spelled uh, it out, and it makes us. so Take much us. more sense now. <sighs> Must have been announced at some point. I don't think it has been. Ninja Garden Z? That's a I, pretty big. Yeah, but I don't think I've heard about it yet. I've so maybe you're getting an exclusive from from us that we're not going to talk Accidentally. about. Accidentally. Whoops, the doozle. Um, it's all right, like three people listen to this anyway. That's true. Four or five. No, there's several hundred. Several. Actually, there's, there's about... Actually, that's true. It doesn't matter. 
Well, I think we were about 700 people, three of which who email. So that's why I'm at three. Mm. Just say hi. Just say where you're from. We, yeah. Name and location would be great. Don't have to say. Don't have to say sex. Just age and location. We're not trying to do anything creepy. Just AL, yeah. not ASL. I'm going to find something for the secret sale this week. Okay, well, I will talk about it while we do it. Um, we're done with the news. We're finishing off with the secret sound, which, as you may or may not know, we're about to play a sound from a video game that most likely we have talked about during the podcast this week. And if you are able to email us at friendlyfirecast at gmail.com or go to the MMGN or Stavapa websites or our Facebook pages or our Twitter accounts and tell us what that sound is, you will win an amazing prize. So amazing. We are still deliberating on what that will be. But I can't maybe find we are. It. Oh, but I've just remembered what it is. Okay. This <laughs> week's prize is a copy of Injustice <gasps> on Xbox 360 or PS3. I don't know which platform it's on. Um, <laughs> possibly either. So tell us which one you'd prefer because we'll we, make it happen. I'm we had a competition and at least two people didn't respond with their, <gasps> with their uh, details who won. So we've got at least two left over. Nice. Uh, hopefully one on each platform because that would just make things fantastic. Mm. Mention which one you'd prefer, and we'll try to make that happen, because we can probably swap it with someone anyway to yeah, get we'll that Yeah, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um, and here is the secret sound for this week. Brilliant. Good one. I... We'll have to think of one for tomorrow. I think it was very much related to either a Bethesda Activision or 2K game. Providing I can find those game sounds on the internet because they're all not released. Like Dog. There's a lot of trailers for these games. What? Roof, roof. (laughs) Done. That's the secret sound. (laughs) (laughs) Roof, roof. After it gets shot. That could be one of those games. Could be any Call of Duty or any Elder Scrolls or any uh, Borderlands it, so yeah, just, it's, it, it's, it's one of those yeah, three, in, in terms of other games we've just talked about Xbox One stuff so there's no games pretty much it's going to be hard for me maybe I'll just throw on a random sound that has nothing to do with anything else that's not how we do it that would be mean that's not how we do it on the friendly fire house. that's not how we do it okay fine um, Ben give us a rundown on, on how people talk to us and how people talk to you please just comment on either post that via... was a heartfelt plea I like please it. please you're looking at this post. If you're unless you're listening on iTunes via the app, the podcast app, then which is quite good. Which you should do that as well. Hmm. I do that all the time. I do as well. Um, if you're listening on either website, comment on the comment section below. If you scroll down on the page you're on currently, it probably will stop this audio playing. So write your comment. Irish moms. Oh yes, it will. Yes, yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. Yep. Write the comment, and there's nothing else after this. So feel free to press the post button, and we will read it and we'll respond to you. Yeah. Or you could use Twitter. If you're on your phone and you're listening, you could just hit the Twitter, the uh, other button and go to Twitter and talk to MMGN or Survivor Gaming. With an at at the front. With an at. Well, if they know how to use Twitter, then that's, that's pretty so. much established. If you're not going to respond for like three days because I haven't checked it, but yeah, I will respond to you. I will read it because I probably will. Um, or that's about it. Yeah. That's it. God, that was an awful ending. I was, I was drinking this... Um, well, these aren't a sponsor of ours, so let's not mention them. They are. I, I am a sponsor of ours because I bought the beers. Oh, I'm right. sponsor provided Sapporo Premium Beer today. Sponsored by Survivor. Sponsored by Survivor.com, <laughs> which you can go to at Survivor.com. Yes. And not win any sort of beer, but you can win Injustice via the Secret Sound. And I guess if you want to see us at PAX, because we're not on a panel. 
Just run into us. Um, I'll be wearing a shirt that says Survivor. Maybe we'll do some type of meetup. I think we should. Well, there is there is an official meetup that I'm aware of at PAX. It's after PAX. Oh. It's during the time of PAX. Come to our after party, which uh, all Survivor members are welcome to attend. We've already booked in. We're there. It's currently sold out, but there will be more tickets very, very soon. So you hear about it first on the Friendly Podcast to get your... Free tickets. First on the Friendly Podcast yeah. or maybe first on the MGN? Probably first on here because we'll know about it like a few days in advance. Okay, sure. uh, I don't know exactly when. Probably after E3, we'll be releasing about 50 more tickets. I consider Survivor to be an, an, an unofficial sponsor of this event, okay. so we will also put up a post if you'd like tickets to get people to, to sign up. free. There is a tab which is sponsored by which, MGN. Which is finite, but it's uh, still a tab. Tesoro, which is a... Uh, indie game releasing uh, company like Steam. Cool. And uh, one other sponsor who I've forgotten, but there's says about <laughs> two grand on the bar. <laughs> nice. And uh, I will be drinking most of it, I would have thought. I will be right beside you assisting. So come along. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, do we talk about things on the site right now that are big? We've got lots of previews of various different games. Well, you've had a massive influx from Xbox One we, we've had 170,000 unique views, and I'm happy to say that this month, because usually we hit 100,000 unique views, and that's, for us, it's huge. It's, it's one of not, the biggest, no, that is pretty big. It's pretty big, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. MMGN kicks our butt in terms of that. You don't have to tell us I your stats. I actually cannot say the stats, because I am bound by that is documentation. Fine. That is fine. Um, rest assured that it's more than us. Um, but we're, we're doing good, and we're happy, and obviously people like reading stuff, even though you don't like commenting too much. We need, we need like, a forum base like MMGN. Well, we, we began with the forum you base, so everyone just, everyone just complains about what we post. Oh, good. No one complains about our stuff. Actually, we, we get some nice comments. Thank you for the nice comments. We like you I write nice most. comments on OGN. And I'm appreciative. I know. I, I, get, I get that. We're all a big happy family. That's it. Until we have to, like, compete for, like, a spot to go to Bethesda in LA or something. We don't really. Then we'll stab each other in the back. Well, we're, like we're relatively happy to <laughs> You're just... Like, that doesn't happen. I win all the time. <laughs> That is true, but we're, I'm also happy to just, to just share the time slot. <laughs> I've never had a thing where I couldn't just share no, it. No, there's, and there's quite a bit of um, E3 appointments that we have together, which will be quite fun. Accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Well. And last year, we kind of had that same thing happening. That's how we became friends, pretty much. Not any appointments. That was the... Uh, it was all just parties. parties. You know, well, there are many parties that we are going to together. Anyway. After E3, we're going to write you an article in the E3 parties, because that is the... Un, that's the Unseen side of E3. I'm more concerned about E3 party bookings than E3 scheduling. Actually, that's not true because I still have one appointment that I need to book in and it's driving me freaking backy. Back when I used to read uh, game magazines in the um, last millennium, I <laughs> was always amazed by the E3 coverage, but no one ever mentioned the parties. That's what you want to hear, right? What, the, what well, crazy shit goes down in the E3 we, need to, we like to talk about them, but I don't think anybody who doesn't get to go... Hang on. Like last year, we went, we went to a party where they sold all Halo-themed drinks. You're telling Halo me that's not interesting? Awesome. I forget all of them because I got oh, well, really I just intoxicated them. I just ordered them. the Master Chief one night because I assumed that was a drink, and it was. I drank a whole bunch of things and met Frank O'Connor and lost my mind. And, then, and then met freaking... Uh, oh, my favorite names. Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion. And, like, literally dropped the drink on the floor because I was so shocked. If we steal a tank this year from World of Tanks, which is looking pretty likely... Yeah, pretty much. We'll let you know. We we will park it in the front of the MMGM office. It'll take a while to get back here. It will occupy all of Flinders <laughs> Lane, but it will be fine. And with that, we're out. <laughs>